Hello, and you were indeed just listening to a podcast of Women's Magazine from July 22nd. This is Global Val here. It actually is August 5th today, and we're going to be doing the live Common Thread Collective coming up next in just a few minutes. Diamond Dave is back from his cross-country trip as our far-out, far-flung correspondent. So we're going to be hearing about all his adventures uh, hither and yon. So uh, thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, if you're interested in other women's magazine podcasts, you know where to find them. Mutinyradio.fm. Check out the podcast, Women's Magazine, Friday, 2 to 3 p.m. And I'm Global Val, and uh, I'll be your host and co-hostess and engineer for the next two and three quarters hours of the Common Thread Collective. Come down and join us. We're at 21st and Florida.
Common Thread Collective coming at you from 21st in Florida here in the Mission District of San Francisco. We'd love you to come down and join us. We are a community open mic. Our doors and hearts and minds are open. And uh, we'd love to see what you've got going on. Whatever you, uh, maybe you've got some music you want to play or you got some poetry or, or written word that you want to say. Or you've got uh, some activism to share or reports from around the globe. Whatever it may be, we are here and uh, excited to, to welcome you down here at 21st in Florida in the Mission District. And uh, we'll be back in just a moment here with some live music to start off our show. And like I said, Diamond Dave is back, so it's going to be a great day.
little music from Lost at Last. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. This is Global Val here. We are kicking off our uh, show today, the Common Thread Collective. It's August 5th, 2016. And right next to me, back from his interstellar cross-country travel, is Diamond Dave Whitaker. Welcome back, Dave. Yo, everybody. Yo, Val, co-host. So good to be back. So good I've been gone. We're having many, many adventures across the country. The train, the best way to see the country, the best way to get some time to converse with people along the way, just going from car to car, speaking, oh, what are you reading? Blah, 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 blah. New friends. Uh, all the way to the Rainbow Gathering in the Green Mountains of Vermont. So beautiful. So special to see the people. In fact, we're going to have a call in, I hope, shortly from Lucid who's, uh, who's uh, the brain's, uh, let's see how to say it best, Lucid, who, who had the inspiration for the idea of the Shining Light Kitchen and all their TPs, and they're now in Kansas, and I think he's going to be calling in. And uh, I was, uh, and so hey Val, I was there at the gathering, I've got my inspiration again, and then down to the, uh, to Philadelphia, where I was outside the gates of the, uh, of the, uh, outside the gates, and literally the gates, the gates guarded by machine guns, the gates guarded by snipers on the roof, the gates uh, guarded by helicopters flying over the head all night long, spending the night in the FDR, that's Franklin Delano Roosevelt Camp, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt Park, right across the road, uh, where, where people were allowed to come. We're allowed to demonstrate. We're allowed to camp, finally, although they said that you'll never do that. Uh, but there we camped. Franklin Delano Roosevelt Park. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. And uh, back, I, I, I got together with, a, I just by chance, a conversation with a lot of the Bernie delegates who left and came over and joined us as part of their walkout when it was obvious that the convention was, was uh, the convention from the top was by Hillary and uh, the official Democratic Party. In fact, did you see? Tell, yeah, what is that, Dave? Yeah, tell us about the walkout. Well, the walkout came after uh, the emails, uh, these emails, uh, they were hacked or somewhere, anonymous or somebody did it. Right, Wiki, WikiLeaks let, let Wiki it go. WikiLeaks, yeah. where, where it turned out that the convention was being run by the Hillary people for their own benefit, and there's very little room for, for, for the hundreds of uh, Bernie delegates, so they came out and joined us. That was the walkout. Yeah, the walkout, and some say they're going to vote Green Party. Others people say they're not, they haven't said. But what it's about is building a movement and a to be continued. So then they, but they they actually still went back in and 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 voted in the roll call, right? They went. This well, is went prior back to in. the roll call. It was prior right? to the roll call. In fact, there were several uh, walkouts. Some just came and joined us uh, at the last day after the roll call. And we're there while Obama was speaking, and that's where I got a chance to talk to some of them. And uh, they're going back to their various grassroots uh, places to begin to organize. Uh, But to be continued, I see you have Ubi. I do, I do. With all this going on, Ubi always lets us know everything's going to be all right. Let's see. Beautiful. So fun. I try my best to tell my 
Everything is all right. It's a beautiful day here in the Mission District. It's a kind of classic summer weather here in San Francisco. It's kind of foggy, cold earlier. The the winds are still around about, but the sun is out because we're in the Mission District. And it's a pretty happy place to be here at Mutiny Radio. Well, we're going to make it so. We're going to do our best to make it so. Make it so to sort of prove that we can do more together than any of us can do on our own. That's one of the underlying themes of this uh, show by doing it uh, not just sounding good but making it good is that right Val? yeah but uh, it's not not just a bunch of hot air we we mean this <laughs> well let's hope now hey, hey tyler good to see you brother hey what's going on dude? what's going on is i've been traveling across the country by train looking out looking out as the countryside rolled by mile after mile after mile Day after day after day, occasionally taking a, a little stroll down the cars. I think I'll go down to the to the uh, observation car, 
the, the, the snack car and sit there and watch. And that's where, uh, uh, well, that's where if you're traveling all night, day and night and day and night, that's the one place where after dark, after about 9 o'clock, you can go and roll your sleeping bag out. There's plenty of room. And there you go. Otherwise, you're sitting crunched up in a seat. Oh, man. So that's my recommendation. Hey, I think we have Amadou. I'm going to do it at the piano to open up. It's always good to open up live, live, live. Take it away, brother. Here he goes. He's getting yeah. up. He's, he's getting sitting over. down at the piano. And he's going he's gonna to entertain and entertain us because that's what we do. Take it away, I'm going to
I'm a doing it every Friday here on Common Thread Collective. That was really cool. I love when we have live music to start the show, especially with something as uh, moving as a piano. <laughs> True, and it'd be Amadou. I think the piano is, uh, it's one of my favorite instruments because it's both melody and percussion, like all in one. Well, that's a good way to look at it, for sure. And that'd be Amadou doing his, um, his melody and, uh, and percussion all in one. Thank you, Amadou. Anyway, uh, and here's, uh, t- here's Tyler, Tippecanoe, and Tyler's here. Hey, Hello. Tyler, <laughs> well, uh, how have you been? What have you been about? <laughs> I, I've been good, Dave. I've been good since you've been, since you've been gone. I've been doing shows, <laughs> lots of open mics, um, just networking a lot. And, and uh, a lot of those opportunities came from, you know, meeting you. So thank you for, you know, getting me plugged in. Well, getting plugged people. in, of course, reaching out. You just mentioned uh, one one brother who's going to be here with his, a little bit, hopefully a little amp and a guitar and singing, who's doing a, a showcase, an open mic, I guess, whatever showcase means, yeah. somewhere in the Tenderloin. He's going to be here next week, eh? Yeah, yeah. So dude I met, Kyle Parrott, he'll be in here next week to perform and uh, talk a, a little bit about the showcase. It's called The Dinner Party. Um, it's going to be a monthly event, and... Uh, and it's just a, a showcase, I guess. In this case, it's just an open mic, but everybody has sets, you know. <laughs> but any, but anything goes, anything goes. So we'll have some hip hop next month. I'll be performing, and um, a couple of other people um, of completely different genres. So yeah, we'll talk more about that next. And of course, uh, uh, we talk about the connections. Hey, Tyler, I hope you continue doing this. When you go to one of your open mics and somebody stands out. And say, say, hey, brother, hey, sister, why don't you come down here on a Friday and let the world know what it is you do? Oh, yeah. I've been passing out these these uh, block party flyers like crazy. Awesome. A lot of people are, you know, I tell people I have an internship at the radio station. Oh, you sure do. The first time they hear it, they're like, oh, that's cool. But, you know, as I keep bringing it up and all of a sudden I got flyers, we got a block party and stuff. They're like, so where do you? (laughs) (laughs) And that's on the 20th. Right, right, right. The twentieth, which, and, by the way, and there's a lot of interesting stuff happening. Yeah, so that's that's the noise pop block party, which is on Twentieth Street. So remember, it's on Twentieth Street a on the twentieth, and it's one block away. And for the past three or four years, I believe, at least, Mutiny Radio has been uh, included in it and included on the map of uh, events happening and uh, that all that day. So I think the block party is like twelve to six, but we're going to be doing stuff at Mutiny Radio from ten till ten, yeah. all day long here at Twenty First and. Florida um, come on through there is going to be an open mic kind of like you were talking about it's almost more of a cultivated um, crew of open mic from 6 to 8 p.m. that day but all throughout the day um, there's going to be events happening so come down and check out Mutiny Radio if you haven't been down here before or if you have um, we'll be happy to see you and uh, a large variety of entertaining uh, moments to be had for sure cultivating is uh, definitely a good word for what we do (laughs) cultivating Cultivating, letting the letting it grow and speaking, glow. Speaking of go. speaking of growing things and cultivating, so um, mm-hmm. you know the Olympics start today oh. in Rio, which has been like highly controversial. I mean, Rio's in the big midst of a political uproar. Like the, there's an interim president because the president's being impeached. Um, they've been, of course, behind schedule in construction, um, which is kind of always the case with the Olympics most of the time. Um, they've got the Zika virus. There's all this contaminated water. So everyone's like, oh my God, what's going to happen in Rio? But I 
was listening to the radio today, um, and uh, it, th- they were talking to um, one of the people who has designed the opening ceremonies. And so th- they said, you know, when we when Rio got the bid for the Olympics five years ago, it was a very different state. You know, the economy was booming. There was all this opportunity. And since then, they've had a huge economic recession um, and, and just all sorts of problems, political uproar. Um, so... Um, what their focus is on is they said it's not going to be like as flashy and big as some of the other opening ceremonies kind of traditionally are big three hour showcases they, they're taking a, a, a bent of uh, sustainability is going to be their theme and so every athlete is going to go into the arena carrying a seed so 12,000 athletes. So then uh, the seeds are going to be planted because they, they want to bring attention to the rainforest, which they call like the garden of the world. Um, and so there's going to be an Olympic forest planted in Brazil with these 12,000 seeds that the uh, Olympians are going to be carrying into the opening ceremonies uh, tonight. Well, I, saw, I just heard uh, the, uh, the, 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 one, of the, one of the rituals is, is, is bringing the Olympic flame and they happen to go and be the, the uh, path was with a very poor, very poor part of uh, part of uh, Rio, and uh, the protest went on. Yeah, lots of the people. Protests, uh, yeah. The people living there, and they're greeted by rubber bullets. They're greeted by uh, by clubs uh, and by uh, stun grenades, and it turned into a real battle. Terrible. So, so there you go. Whatever that means, it's a, I guess uh, there should be a there should be an Olympic event for protest, for protest wherever they happen to be. There'll be there'll be, a, a, there'll be and that will be televised and seen around the planet. Yeah, definitely. And then they can plant their seeds. So there you are, and there we be. And there it goes. Yeah. No, and uh, to quote uh, Kurt Wagner, and so it goes. Yeah, there's, I mean, the, the, you know, the kind of big, you know, drive behind the protests throughout Brazil against the Olympics and kind of the same idea when they had the World Cup, um, you know, a couple summers ago. Um, it's just, you know, the the government of Brazil bid for the Olympics and now when you, when you, when you bid for the Olympics and you actually you know the the international olympic committee uh, selects you the city is selected um, you, you agree to like spend so much money millions and millions so, of dollars billions of dollars you know so, uh, these days um, to to create you know the olympic village and various all of these venues. various venues and so you know the people in Brazil are saying hey you're spending all this money on infrastructure for this event that lasts two weeks. Why aren't you spending infrastructure on infrastructure that for things that happen like that we need like every day, like roads and schools and, um, you know, just all sorts of problems. But the Brazilian people are, I, I, I know a lot of Brazilians. Um, I, I work with them and, um, you know, as much as they're not happy about the event, happening in in brazil for all of the above reasons um they they do uh say you know what but brazilian brazil is a very like open place or open to different cultures we're very diverse we're very loving we're fun loving and you know what we're just going to make the best of it that we can and try to showcase that to the world and send that message that you know especially in these really tumultuous times so um i i'm i'm looking forward to i always love watching the olympics myself so i hope i'm going to find a, a way and to do that mixed for free. feelings are definitely involved sure at one hand I, as you said 
uh, see something coming in their life, and the other though it's a chance to uh, uh, to uh, mount a protest and show people the, the the situation in Brazil. In this case, rubber bullets, stun grenades, and cops with clubs. It's part and parcel. It's kind of an Olympic event. I'll just leave it to that. Well, another thing, though, that's happening is for the first time ever, there's an official uh, refugee team. I saw that. That's sponsored. They're going to be, I mean, there's been a lot, there's been refugees who have participated in the games before, but this is the first time they've had actual uh, refugee team of people who, you know, have no nation to really uh, cling to at this point. One of the athletes which I think is really amazing is uh, a teenage girl from Syria who's a competitive swimmer and she and her sister and her, uh, some members of her family, I think her aunt, um, they had to, they, they left Syria and of course got on one of those rafts from Turkey going to Greece. There was a problem with the raft. So she, this, I don't know her name. I just should look it up, but, um, she and her sister and, and another person got off the boat and swam and like pushed the boat for like three hours. And this young woman is going to be competing in the Olympics on, on the refugee team. I've heard her on NPR in a number of occasions. She's highly intelligent. Her English is, is impeccable and she's uh, representing and we're going to hear more from her. That's for sure. Yeah, so and, uh, I'm oh, excited by the way, to see what uh, she what's does. on my mind? Either Saturday or Sunday is Jerry Day here. That's gonna be oh, it's weird. next weekend. It's the 14th. Oh, it's the 14th. Yeah, Jerry Garcia Amphitheater up in McLaren Park here in San Francisco. Is that a Saturday or Sunday? I believe it's a Sunday. I'll double check on that, but I'm pretty sure it's a Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, August 14th, 2016, 11 to 6 p.m. Uh, you can check out more information at jerryday.org. Um and Melvin Seals and the Jerry Garcia Band, Stu Allen uh, and Mars Hotel, Midnight North and the Lady Crooners are going to be performing at the 14th Annual Jerry Day for Jerry Garcia. Uh, that's the, that's the Jerry I, Garcia I plan word. to be there with all the old deadheads <laughs> as, I am, uh, as I am every Jerry Day. Hey, by the way, that's his birthday. And where is it? It's the Jerry Garcia Amphitheater which is uh, there in McLaren Park, that his estate or connected with him, the foundation uh, funded, and uh, there you are, and there I'll be, and hopefully there you'll be too, because it's, uh, it's good to dance, uh, dance, dance. Uh, it is good to dance. Dance, dance, and uh, as we did way back then, and still doing now. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, and if people want to go dance tonight, there's an event in Oakland at the, it's called the ERA Bar, or ERA, Art Bar and Lounge, um, and it's being put on by the Equal Justice Society, so if you want to check it out, equaljusticesociety.org, um, they, they, it's called uh, Shut Up and Dance, a civil rights dance party, and so there's no speakers, there's no, you know, no program it's just a big dance party so that's happening tonight in oakland so again it's august 5th uh, this evening from 6 to 9 p.m at the era or era art bar and lounge that's at 19 grand avenue in oakland california dave who's on the phone uh, lucid lucid uh, 
Uh, not quite yet. We will be. There we go. Hey, Lucid. Hi, how are you? We're good. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. I'm, I'm really uh, glad to be moving west uh, from the convention. It was, uh, it was an amazing time over there at the Philly convention. Yeah, last time we talked to you, it was the week uh, leading up to it, um, and you were going to be doing some um, posting, some some videos and things. Um, so tell us about your experience during the Democratic National Convention in Philadelphia. Oh, man, it was a really tremendous uh, event. We got there a couple of days uh, before the 25th, which was the actual start of the, the Democratic National Convention itself, and... Um, uh, Diamond Dave got us some private property to park on up north, and we set up a, an impromptu encampment with uh, teepees and uh, served food off of that area. Um, a lot of people in the ghetto were really happy to see us there. And uh, But then we went on the 24th. One of the highlights for me was this uh, climate rally that happened at Vernon Square up in uh, northwest Philadelphia. Just an amazing positive energy uh this caravan had come across country, the Up To Us caravan, with uh, Shailene Woodley, the actress from the Divergent series, and uh, Nako Bear from Medicine for the People, put together this uh, caravan coming across country where they picked up uh, young activists and uh, intelligent, sharp people from all over the country to come and put in their energy at the, at the Democratic National Convention, and they all met at this climate rally at Vernon Square, and it was just amazing the energy the sharpness every person i looked at was uh just bright and beautiful and aware there was uh, amy goodman was there um susan sarandon and danny glover both spoke uh josh fox who made the gasland documentary um tim de christopher who uh, uh postponed uh sabotaged uh, an, an operation to buy fracking land in uh, utah um, Nako wow. Bear performed. It was just a, an amazing rally. Uh, a, a young 15-year-old activist um, uh, performed on stage, and then so many people uh, kind of expressed their solidarity, expressed their commitment, uh, gave avenues for people to participate, and showed a lot of direction of where we can move forward and how we can combat some of these worst problems. Uh, let me give my, give, give my take on it. Up to us was, in fact, like I, I'm, old, as you know, I'm an older fellow, and I remember the inception of the Deadheads, the, the followers of the Grateful Dead. Uh, uh, what politics uh, involved with that was kind of secondary, and kind of, and then of course Fish, and their crew, and now we had a new crew, the Up to Us where people who were really brought together by NACO and Medicine for the People. In fact, let's play a little Medicine for the People after this conversation, because Medicine for the People really touched, uh, come and came and come out of the Big Island, and really touched, uh, touched this movement that's growing that, in fact, is up to us. Is that right? Indeed. It seemed like uh, uh, the, the entire convention um really more than anything for, for me and a lot of people on the ground uh, demonstrated the groundswell of support that's risen up around the particular flavor of democratic socialism that Bernie Sanders has purported. And in the streets, every day, uh, thousands of people were filling the streets with banners and signs and, and chants uh, in favor of uh, improving our democratic system. Uh, people that were just 
demonstrably aware and understood the situation and had put a great personal energy into improving it. People that were pouring their lives and their energy into uh, improving a lot of the flaws built into the civilization by previous generations uh, showed up there and kind of uh, all at once showed us uh, how many people are on our side. A new movement being, uh, being born and reborn. I believe that uh, Bernie did what he needed to do. And uh, now it's uh, now it's, uh, he just uh, stepped aside. We met a lot of Bernie delegates there in FDR Plaza, FDR Park, which turned out to be a kind of an oasis, uh, surrounded by cops, helicopters overhead. We were there, and the Bernie delegates came out. Uh, came out. I got a chance to talk to, to a number of them. They'll be calling in as we become more and more a voice of this uh, new movement happening. And uh, and to go back to it, you came down a shining light came down. Felipe came down. Oh, by the way, today's Felipe's birthday. Happy birthday, Felipe. And he and oh, Feather and Richard be in front of the White House as we speak, saying uh, free Leonard Peltier after 40 years. But want to say that we were there. Rainbow family, and we're joined by up to us. So the different streams are coming together, getting on the same page, and moving on. Is that right? That seems like uh, it's been a convergence of many generations, and uh, and uh, an, an incredible demonstration, like you were saying, of, of this awareness. The things that we've seen with the same energy as Occupy, as these worldwide marches against Monsanto, of. Um, these protest movements that have been springing up since the Iraq War, since the Civil Rights Movement, it really seems like it's uh, coming to some sort of a culmination with the, the, the energy behind Bernie Sanders, where uh, it seems so often the, the tool of the opposition is the obscurity that we have to work in as we're facing them. And these lightning flashes of, of illumination of how many people are on our side and how dedicated they are to the cause is often... Um, our greatest asset uh, to just be aware of uh, the, the strength that we have as we move forward. So this, uh, this is a, a, a theory that came out. My, my, my sister Kirsten called it, uh, called it collective autonomy. In other words, it seems to me that what's going to happen is that people are, uh, what is happening is that people are getting together at the grassroots, wherever they happen to be. We haven't in common this view, whether you call it uh, democratic socialism or anarchist revolt or whatever, getting together, however we want to call ourselves. And uh, the shining light uh, caravan, the shining light, it's kind of a mini caravan, will probably grow up to us. And you're in Kansas now. Uh, talk a bit about Shining Light and what you can see, what you see happening with Shining Light. Let me talk, uh, let me describe, and you can continue to uh, Shining Light. You folks I met at the Rainbow Gathering up there in the Green Mountains with your teepees, and that was really an excellent addition because before at other gatherings, we've had uh, various kinds of uh, like workshops and formally and so on, but by bringing those teepees and multiple teepees, there was a place where, uh, where people could come and gather and do their workshops and uh, get together and uh, find one another, and uh, that's what we do. And now you, is Eloisa with you? Uh, no, she's not. Okay, well, uh, you, Eloisa was the uh, 
who was the scheduler, who was the goddess of the teepees, who people would come to and say, you could use this teepee or that teepee. So now that you're you're now in Kansas, what are your plans as part and parcel of this uh, movement that's emerging? Uh, I've been in it, I've been involved for over 50 years, and I've made, I haven't seen anything like this since the 60s. And maybe we'll we've, we can learn the mistakes of the 60s and go on. Uh, go on uh, with what we have now, the past shaking hands of the future to the now, right now. So, Lucid, talk a bit about what your, if you have plans, what, what your plans are. We're here, you're in Kansas now, oh my goodness. So, what, what Diamond Dave is referring to is uh, a rainbow gathering, and uh, for those of you who don't know, it's uh, the largest peaceful assembly in the ecosystem anywhere in the world, where um, 10 to 20,000 people will gather in the national forest around the country every year in a different national forest um, for what, what is often culminating on a prayer or manifestation or a creation, a physical creation of, of world peace and healing with an Ohm circle on the 4th of July. But um, it's a, a huge gathering of um, beneficially intentioned and sympathetic, intelligent people from around the country and around the world that come together to uh, discuss our situation and communicate us to some of the actions moving forward in our mutual struggles. Uh, at this particular rainbow gathering in uh, Vermont just recently, uh, Shining Light set up a, a huge kitchen, uh, served 130 gallons of food for dinner every evening. And uh, we set up a teepee village of a dozen teepees, uh, in some cases large enough to hold 100 plus people each. And we were uh, facilitating workshops uh, for everything. Uh, Diamond Dave did a, a poetry slam, wonderful evening. Uh, other people had meditation and yoga and discussions on uh, anarchy and activism and uh, all different types of things. And uh, a lot of the intention at the Rainbow Gathering of Shining Light was to pro provide this this food and water and shelter for a lot of people that is the, the base requirement, but then to create these workshop village in this uh, teepees to be able to facilitate greater communication and understanding among the population. And uh, on, a, on a larger level, the, the Rainbow Gathering ends up being um, practice as the Shining Light Kitchen becomes an aid organization uh, with the intention of doing disaster relief in the United States and in Central America. So we're moving in that direction now uh, to incorporate as a nonprofit to do disaster relief. And uh, we, we hope to be operational soon. We're uh, networking with uh, different organizations and uh, uh, aid agencies. And um, this, we hope to also create like a, a conduit or a connection between rainbow gatherings, other activist groups, other uh, groups in the country with these uh, not only our project of, uh, of um, disaster relief and humanitarian aid, but other uh, organizations of humanitarian environmental activism and aid um, to kind of connect uh, separated people together and find the people that are really on the verge of their transition, wanting to become beneficial, wanting to help out with uh, a lot of the problems that we face, and then the people that have been pouring themselves into it for years and helping to connect them to avenues where they will be most effective. That's a, a lot of what, we're, uh, what we've been up to lately and what we're uh, moving towards in the future. 
Well, I can say, and I'm just realizing, what's just coming to me is the word disaster. We can take literally uh, tornadoes, floods, and so on, but also the fact disaster is also metaphorical in that there's disaster all around us. The economy is uh, the economy, the situation, the one percent, uh, the the seeds planted by Occupy are all there, and uh, and what I see you doing is helping to use the word manifest and making it happen. You're coming this direction. I hope you all uh, can uh, come and be live in this studio sometime, and as we can talk about this as it develops and the role you've taken on a big, taken a lot of a lot on your shoulders, but if you give what you can, you will get what you need. You know, I say give what you can, where you can, when you can, however you can. In other words, lend a hand and you'll get what you need. Mm-hmm. Enough to, and, uh, and if people, if everybody got what they needed, not what they wanted, of course, uh, this society, the commodification, the wanting to sell a shit, the one is to, uh, to be slaves to their system is, uh, is uh, that's like get what you want, but what, we, what I say is get what you need. And if everybody got what they needed, that uh, if everybody, what there's that song, uh, The Revolution Starts Now, it says, Last Night I Had a Dream. The people gathered, everybody gathered around, and everybody brought what they had to give, had to bring, and nobody went without. And that's like a, that's like a rainbow gathering, but it could be worldwide too. And so we're working on that and uh, making it happen. And uh, so, hey, so good, dude. So uh, you're in Kansas now. Do you have a, where are you heading? Uh, I'm going to stop in, uh, what's a, uh, uh, and what was the study in Kansas? Uh, are you stopping? What are you doing? So, so I wanted to add that uh, a lot of, for uh, it, it's often hard to trust the mainstream media, with the exception that uh, Amy Goodman and Democracy Now has really moved into the mainstream, and we can, uh, I'm sure we can all agree that we we trust a lot of what comes out of that program as a as kind of a wellspring of uh, communication and insight. But uh, on the ground for some additional. A little bit of voice. We put out some videos uh, on the the Lucid Lorax YouTube channel, and I'll be uh, continuing to put out a few more videos and interviews by climate activists and uh, some of the events on the ground at the Democratic National Convention, some of the protests uh, and the situation there at the Lucid Lorax uh, YouTube channel. And uh, right now we're on our way moving uh, west across the country with uh, the 10,000 pounds of gear that we had used to set up the kitchen and the teepee village at the Rainbow Gathering and to, uh, to feed protesters uh, down at the Democratic National Convention. And uh, we're going to get that into a safe place and uh, start to uh, coordinate with uh, aid organizations in Mexico for this next uh, phase going down. Hopefully, um, there's a possibility we'll be able to help out um, hosting, facilitating the first uh, world rainbow gathering in Cuba. And um, then later on in the spring, uh, touring around with the, the full force of the kitchen, connecting the dots of different energy of humanitarian environmental aid organizations in uh, Mexico. And uh, if everything works out right, we'd like to be at the, the monarch rainforest in Mexico, the place where the, the monarchs of North America return to uh, the, the, the small diminishing forest that monarchs return to to help out the aid organization that... Uh, empowers the community to encourage tourism and uh, suppress the logging, and uh, uh, various other projects along the way will will keep people updated on the Lusa Borax YouTube channel. So so cool! I've actually been to that um, monarch butterfly forest in Mexico. That's wonderful. Well, 
It's, well, what, is, what was your impression of the, the health of the forest and the, the community around it? Well, it was, um, I mean, the forest itself was beautiful. Um, we actually went on a day where it was a little bit drizzly, so and, uh, we didn't get to see the all the monarchs with their wings open and flying around a lot, but we got to see, there's just, I mean, it's like this whole region, um, and you can, you can hike around on these paths, and you just see trees that are just covered in monarchs that are just hanging there, like waiting to take flight. Um, and it's, it is like one of the the major places where they start their lives in this big North American circuit. Um, but I have some friends who've been there before on like a nice, beautiful sunny day and all of their wings are open and it's this magical, um, <laughs> butterfly forest. But, um, it was a, a, a very healthy, uh, vibrant place to be, to be around. So I hope you do make it down there. Hey, uh, you mentioned your, uh, you said with your videos, but you're also welcome to call here every Friday and let us know, let people know where you are, let people know what's going on around you, and we hope to be a voice a voice of that for sure, because it's the connection. This is the connection you're being heard now around the around the around the world on the internet, and, and it's podcasted. So as soon as the show's over, it becomes a podcast and people can connect anytime. Hey, I just got a I just got a text from Eloisa. She says. Uh, cool. I said, you, she says, cool. He's in the truck and I'm in the bus. I'll probably miss it. So, hey, Eloisa, well, good to hear from you. And we're good to see your text. So it's, it's amazing how we can use these various uh, various social media, they call it, to uh, for, the, for the purpose of building the, a new society in the shell of the old. And of course, the new society we're talking about, you got the teepees, and you got the, the, the teepee poles, and you're carrying them as part of your 10,000 pounds, and from various tribes. And so the new society we're building in the shell of the old is in fact a very old society based on sharing and not money, based on giving what you can and getting what you need. And that lucid, that seems to be your dedication, is that right? Oh, certainly. It seems like we're at a, a pivotal transition in the history of humanity where it's necessary to modify the actions of global civilization in such a way that it becomes symbiotic with the ecosystem oh, my goodness! parasitic upon it. That's exactly it what we're about. Civilization has grown up, has uh, been created um, at largely as a parasite of the ecosystem, but we're at a, at a pivotal time in history with the advent of the Internet, the growing awareness of, of humanity where we can modify, just slightly modify. It doesn't need to be destroyed. It doesn't need to be ruined. It's just slight modifications to the actions of the development of global civilization in such a way that it becomes symbiotic Symbia. and that it's mutually beneficial with the ecosystem so that we can fully explore what it means to be uh, an, an interrelated species. Wow, lucid. So symbiotic rather than parasitical. We have parasites, but then we have those species that are in symbiotic relationship. Uh, yeah, how about, how about ecocentric, not egocentric? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I agree entirely. Uh, realizing <laughs> that humanity is uh, very much still and has always been a part of the ecosystem, that we're not separate from it, and that we, we act... Uh, we act as part of the ecosystem. And so even though there's this disarray, those hopefully several million of us who are pouring our lives into 
uh, benefit of, in this transition are acting as the self-defense mechanism of the ecosystem. We're like the white blood cells in a sense. I'm driving along this interstate right now in a car, but from space it looks conspicuously like blood cells and, and arteries and veins moving along this huge synthetic organism that's been built out of ecosystem by ecosystem, and we're starting to realize our place within it. We're starting to realize that we are building what can be a runaway rampant viral infection, but we, those people who desire to be beneficial, can be the white blood cells, can be the immune system, can be the self-defense mechanism of the ecosystem and cause its repair. Well said, brother. I remember when I first came to San Francisco, it was 1957, when I, I read that, uh, said that something was happening in San Francisco. The poets, the musicians, the, the pot-smoking, the community, it was called, in fact, uh, Kenneth Rexroth wrote the article in Nation magazine that brought me here, uh, said it was the first bohemian community since World War II. And I said, well, I want to be there. And I put, came out and put my thumb out as soon as I was here, but was not putting my thumb out in the interstate. And some on-ramp, off-ramp, carbon monoxide, oh my goodness, parasitical. It was still like the three-lane highway this long before the interstate, internet and the interstate. It was a three-lane highway and you just put your thumb out and soon you were there. And those times may be gone, but in fact, we're seeking a return, a return and it's, hey, lucid, so well said. So if I may say, lucid, lucid, how's that? So anyway, hey, lucid, stay in touch. Thanks for calling. Well, what we're about is being a voice of this change we're talking about when all is said and not done because it's not said and done. We're, we're part of a movement that's going to be ongoing and growing. Is that right, Val? Almost definitely. Uh, exponential increase of the awareness of human beings that grows even faster than the mechanism of civilization. What a, what a wordsmith you are. We're going to have another... Truly. <laughs> really, <laughs> wowzy, and it's just off the top of your head too. But in fact, you're right. We need a chance. You need a chance to actually spell out what you're about, and that's we're about at four o'clock, our time. We need a call from Laura, um, Jim Hightower. Do you know who he is? No, no, I'm not familiar. Okay, he goes way back. He, he goes by way back to the Progressive Society. They live in Austin. And uh, yeah, check him out online. He, he and I go way back. And he, was, he, he has a, a, a journal called Lowdown. Jim Hightower's Lowdown. And his uh, right-hand uh, woman, Laura, is going to be calling at 4. And he's going to be calling and giving the long view, which is about... And uh, so check out the... Uh, Check out the lowdown, because he came out. He's talking about this new movement that's being born. That uh, Bernie did what he had to do, which is bring together all these youth. I was there in Oakland the day before the, the California primary, and it was just amazing. Some talk about a hundred thousand people to hear this little old guy who's younger than me, but he's a little old guy, mm -hmm. uh, Bernie, saying uh, he'd say. Uh, 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 single payer health plan. Yo! He say, uh, Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. He said, mass incarceration. Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. Legalized marijuana. Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. The, uh, the undocumented join us. Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. Uh, and C.C. Pedre. C.C. Pedre. That's what they said. And now, now he's come what he's had to do, but now we're moving on. And, uh, and Lou said, thanks for calling. 
We're all in this together. Give my love to your crew. You have about 12 people going with you. Is that right? Uh, okay. Oh, here's Laura. Yeah, we've got Laura on the line. And Lucy's off, right? Yeah, we we actually have Laura on the line. We were just talking about uh, Laura and uh, kind of giving a little introduction. And it was, so it was perfect timing that Lucid uh, is back on the back on the road, and we've got Laura on the line. Yeah, Laura. Uh, Laura, Hello, uh, Hello, Dave. How are you guys? Oh, we're really good. good. Welcome to the Common Thread Collective here on MutinyRadio.fm. We're happy that you were able to give us a call here in San Francisco today. And, we're just talking to and Lu- I am happy to join you guys. I was just talking to Lucid. I don't know if you know met him. He's uh, we put together, have you heard of the uh, Shining Light uh, uh, the kitchen and rainbow bus that's crossed the country there in Kansas now, uh, planting the same seeds. This is uh, kind of the voice. They, I met them at the rainbow gathering, and uh, now they're crossing the country. And then we went to Pennsylvania, to Philadelphia, where we set out and fed the people in Clintonville, and then in the FDR Park, Franklin Delano's Roosevelt Park. Ironically, uh, right across uh, from the Wells Fargo Convention Center where the Democrats were meeting. and um, Oh, fantastic. I had not heard of them, but I, I am very intrigued. Yeah, well, check them out. How do you find uh, Lucid? Oh, he has a, a YouTube channel called the Lucid Lorax, and so he's going to be posting some videos from uh, p- camping out there and doing Food Not Bombs, feeding the people and uh, from the Democratic National Convention in uh, and he's Park. In, this what he does is he goes along and he calls in here every week too. And I've been reading the, the, the reason that that trade that I'm talking to you, so glad is that I happen to find, be given a copy of Jim Hightower. Jim Hightower's lowdown when he said the movement is going to grow and where it goes from here. And I'm reading this, I'm saying that's my that's my thoughts almost exactly. And the idea of this show has been now for some years. How many years have we been doing this, Val? Many. Many years, <laughs> I'll just put it that way. As a voice of this uh, change which is going on. And Jim Hightower goes back, of course, to the 80s. Uh, I know him since the 80s, since he elected as a progressive, as a progressive, was elected in Texas, and we have this whole tradition, this progressive tradition in Texas that sometimes is forgotten. But talk, talk a bit about what uh, Jim, Jim, and you are, Jim and you are doing together. Um, well, it's quite a bit. Um, the first thing that we do in terms of is, is the monthly populist political newsletter, the Hightower Lowdown. And the Hightower has always said that he believes that the political spectrum is not right to left, but top to bottom. Um, and, you know, for years of doing this and getting the message to the people, it's kind of nice to see Bernie's campaign do so well. I mean, didn't win the election, but like Hightower said, he won the future. And I think that's that's very true. Um, I think the Democratic Party is shifting in some very positive ways as evidenced by the platform. And it's ways that um, we like to see um, in terms of grassroots politics, genuine grassroots politics. Well, this is exactly what we're about as a voice of this and a belief that uh, people should get together where they are, and and about the, about the common thread collective here, is that we're heard around the planet on the internet. 
I talked to a bunch of Bernie delegates while I was there, and uh, they're going to be calling on as this goes on. And uh, I believe that I've said this before, that Bernie came, he did what he had to do, and he stepped back, and now it's time. In the tradition of Jim Hightower, in the tradition of so many people, I was just talking to Lucid, who definitely is a representative of the younger generation, who are coming out, and he's going around, he's uh, driving his bus and his teepee, his teepee truck, his many teepees, and going around and have this new generation of youth, of young people. What he talks about is rather than a parasitical relationship, which which is uh, top to bottom, we're representing it, but we're here as a voice for the bottom, but a symbiotic relationship between human beings, a new, a new form of it, and he believes this is what's happening, and I believe that's our hope for the future. I go back, I'm as old as a uh, Maybe even older than Jim Hightower, so I've seen this for a long time. Just the ups by and downs. Hey, eh? just by a few years. Yeah, I'm 78. So Jim it's, is 73. So that's where that's that generation. I hope I can talk to him next week. But it's so good to talk to you now, and uh, talk about how we can do more together than any of us can do on our own. And I think what you guys, what Jim is doing and has always done in this progressive Texas tradition, which is a walk on the wild side kind of, but now it's a, he's, he's, we're seeing something which we haven't seen before. At times it felt really lonely. Uh, but I met Jim from time to time, down through the decades, as various events where the people are coming together. And also, I think you're aware of Organic Valley Co-op, which is... Oh, a, yes. Uh, we, yes, very much so. Which is co-op, which is lending a hand in whatever way they can and presenting a new vision of not just the consumer co-op, but working on having a workers' co-op, which is what we're about, which is part of the vision of the few, and with, as Lucid said, a symbiotic relationship rather than a parasitical relationship. Val, what do you think? Yeah, so I'm wondering, uh, Laura, what uh, what people can expect to read in the next newsletter, the Hightower Lowdown. What's, what's... Well, a very good uh, question and a nice segue. Um, one of the things um, that... One of the reasons why, why Bernie ran was that over the past decade, we've really lost ground in state legislatures. Um, the conservative movement with the Koch brothers and Alec have been very strategic in taking over our state legislatures, which have in, in turn produced really bad legislation with regards to limiting access for voting, redistricting and district, uh, massive uh, gerrymandering in districts where they've created Republican majorities through gerrymandering. Um, horrible laws against women's reproductive rights for their to uh, to get uh, to gain momentum with their base and we've really we as progressives have lost ground we really got hit hard and didn't see it coming and one of the things that bernie has consistently talked about is that we need to start taking over our legislatures again all levels of state uh, all levels of government from our county commissioners to our city council to our school boards we need to start running candidates. And one of the things that Bernie talked about um, and that came out of the People's Summit was that 20,000 people across the country that were Bernie supporters have pledged to run for office. Wow. Um, because the change starts with us. I think that's the one thing that Bernie taught us. And so the next issue is going to talk about the challenges of that. Um, we're going to focus on um, 
ALEC, the American Legis- Legislative uh, Exchange Council, I think. ALEC is basically a bill, my, uh, bill writing mill. They produce really conservative pieces of legislation. They write it for a legislator. A legislator proposes it and gets it passed in, in their state. Um, and then, of course, Koch brothers supported candidates. Um, one of the things that we have to remember is that the conservatives are not worried about the presidency. They don't really see it as a – I always say they're not worried, but they're not as worried about the presidency. They see a real opportunity as Democratic donors continue to give to Hillary. They're forgetting about the down-ballot races, and so they're strategically going after our local ballot initiatives – our local governments. Um, for instance, um, in Denton, Texas, they passed a fracking ban. It's not a con- not a liberal community. It's a very conservative community, and they passed a fracking ban by over 58 wow. percent. Um, the state legislature in Texas passed a bill on pre- preemption, basically saying that no local community could preempt Texas law, thus nullifying the fracking ban. Wow. Um, and so those those kind of laws are being put forth, and we don't have people to represent us because we've kind of quit playing the game at the state level. Yeah. And so one of the things that Bernie talks about is our need to go out there um, and take back our local government. And I think we'll see that now. I think we'll see more people come up and run for office. I think Bernie's campaign showed that you didn't need – high-dollar donors to run Um, that with a good network of volunteers, small-dollar donations, um, and a good policy, you can win. And here in San Francisco. Um, And we'll see more Bernie-like candidates come up. Um, We really thought Bernie was only going to get 10 or 15 percent of the Democratic vote, and he got 43 percent with so much against him. Yeah, that's that's Um, amazing. And I think all that's changing, and I think that we have a chance and an opportunity, um, and Hightower would agree, to make some really significant change in the next few years. But it's up to us. Really, yeah, us as millions us. of people. Us as millions That's of right. people across the country, in fact, around the planet, who can see uh, exactly. that there's something, uh, something uh, going on. You say uh, the word conservative is so misused. These are the 1% who are absolutely reactionary. I prefer that to them. Reactionary who are attempting to uh, seize, who have, in fact, seized uh, the, the, the power for the time being. Have seized the power for time being. Uh, Bernie talked about uh, a, a revolution, a political revolution. Bernie talked about uh, being a democratic socialist, and uh, people accept that and are beginning to look into what that means. Bernie got running as not as a Democrat, but really as a democratic socialist. Got more votes than any socialist since Eugene Victor Debs way back then, who got a million votes. Well, while he was in prison. While he was in prison. While he was in prison. So right. we're. we're we're rehabilitating, and now we have this uh, connection. I consider myself to be a democratic anarchist, at the grassroots anarchist who votes. And I think uh, coming out of Occupy, coming before, long before Occupy, but really being an Occupy and still have that spirit of bringing together the people who are involved, as you are, 
with the Democrat, uh, with the system, encouraging people to join the system from the grassroots, but also people who they might be talking about cooperatives, they might be talking about collectives, they might be talking about various ways in which uh, uh, people are connecting to one another here at the grassroots. And as Lucid said, uh, 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 to the move from having a, a society which is based on a parasitical, parasitical relationship to one based on the, uh, and I hadn't thought of it in this terms, but it's exactly it, he was just talking about it, in a symbiotic relationship with one another. Well, that would certainly be ideal. And, you know, I, I really am hopeful for a better, um, a better, stronger movement coming out of this. Well, I, I think, think it's inevitable. I think it's inevitable too, and I think they, I think things are definitely changing for the best, or for the better. Um, I think more people are coming into the system, which is good, and changing the system and shaking things up. And I think all those are good things, and it certainly needs to be. I mean, Bernie started it, but Bernie always said the revolution was this movement. This revolution was not about him. It's not about the politics. It's about the future. It's about the movement. And we all need to do our part. And when we see all these youth, I was, uh, I was in uh, Oakland the day before with uh, this. The one time I saw Bernie in the flesh, in the flesh, the day before the Democratic primary, and it was amazing. I hear a hundred thousand people were there. I, uh, I, it was the largest, and it was exactly at the place where we had. I, where Occupy Oakland was, where the tents of Occupy were, here it was all of these youth saying, Bernie, 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 when he spoke of single payer, when he spoke of having to do something about mass incarceration, when he said he had, when he talked about the undocumented, C.C. Pedre, C.C. Pedre, were all undocumented in a certain way, in a way, when he talked about legalizing marijuana, Bernie, 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 and... Uh, uh, and I looked around, and I'm, I'm an elder 78, but I was surrounded by all these youths, all these youths who have come into this for the first time. And so it's a new day. So, hey, Lala, I hope maybe, ne uh, maybe next week, next Friday, uh, Jim Hightower will be in a position to call us. I'd love to converse to, with him about that uh, because Dave, he put it. Dave, I'm sure he would love to join you in now. Because we, we are the, not the, the radio voice, I'd never say that, but we are an internet, internet radio voice to this movement that's happening, and uh, we seem to be here at just the right time to putting it out there, uh, putting it out there, and uh, also by providing a place for singer-songwriters, spoken word, acoustic and semi-acoustic units, and how many downloads are we getting every month, uh, Laura? Uh, you know, it varies. I haven't seen our, our recent stats yet, but we do have uh, several thousand downloads every month. Um, but That's fantastic. I, but I, I wanted to kind of jump on to jump what on. you said previously, which is um, something that is kind of often ignored in the presidential election season because everybody's focused on the office of the president. But the fact mm -hmm. that we have, you know, that the it's really the legislature that that sets the course of, uh, you know, of, of, a, of a president's term or, or of, of, of any, you know, era, because obviously we've seen in, in the past two, even Obama administrations, and obviously there's a lot of things he's done that have not been good. Um, but, you know, even when there's been, you know, good laws that people are, that some legislature, 
sorry, some legislators are trying to put forward, it's just been met with these roadblocks at this very conservative uh, Republican edge and majority um, in, you know, in both the, the House and the Senate in Washington, D.C. And like you're seeing at the state level, having all of these kind of small local measures coming through that try to, uh, you know, get in place before anything else can be passed. And so I just think it's a good opportunity and thank you for kind of reminding everyone to pay attention to these local and state and and senate races because that's got to be and the focus your elections too like we right. get talk, we get texas is 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 we lose a lot of good legislators and off-year elections in 10 and 14 uh 14 2006 uh 2002 um, and it's because people don't come out and vote. And we vote for governors that year. We vote for a lot of state senates. We vote for senators. Um, and people don't realize that. And that's, you know, that's how we get people like Ted Cruz in our Senate. You know, Ted Cruz is only elected by 3% of the state. Wild. Um, when you factor in that it was an off-year election, low turnout, um, when you think about that, only 3% of the state voted for Ted Cruz as their state senator. Right. I, I, um, I recently wrote, a couple months back, I wrote an op-ed. Uh, I have a website, globalval.blogspot.com, and it was about, are Americans giving up on democracy? Because if you look at um, the history of age-eligible voters who have participated, and it was just focused on the presidential elections, um, you know, it just keeps going down, down, down uh, as, as the, 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 the centuries pass. And only in the 21st century, we've only had around 50, 57% of eligible voters who are even voting in the presidential election. So, right. uh, you know, you it's look at countries like Australia, and I think they have mandatory voting in Australia, but in other countries, it's significantly higher. Right. We're, you know, we're a democracy, and, and our voting, our, our vote is, our, our particip voter participation is really low. Well, Val was saying it's going down, 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 but it's time to bring it up, and that's what we're about. That's right. Well, bring I think it up. having good candidates, people whose heart is in it, um, I think having an example to look up to, which is another thing that Bernie provided, um, you know, we, but we have to be engaged at all levels. The presidential level is exciting. Um, our local elections may not be as exciting, but they're important, and they can be exciting with the right candidates. That's exactly um, right. And the right initiatives. You know, San Antonio, uh, just south of Austin, where we are, where we are, um, in a conservative state, passed a um, a pre-K bill where they can, where most, um, if not all, of the children of a certain year will be going to pre-K. Well, yeah. Um, Pre-kindergarten. I mean, expanding education. And access to education, regardless of income, right. and uh, and that's happening in a red state. And those ideas can happen, and um, but we have to push it. And this is what we're about here: the common thread is casting a wide net and finding that common thread. So stay in that's touch. Right. Stay in touch. We need to. Hopefully, we can talk to Jim Hightower next week. Yes, and uh, I hope that will be the case. And, thank uh, you guys so much. And thank you. And how can people get? their hands on or their eyes on the Hightower Lowdown newsletter? You can look at www.hightowerlowdown.org 
And for other information about Jim, um, you can go to jimhightower.com. Excellent. Well, Laura, it's been a real pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for taking uh, your time out of this uh, Friday to give us a call and connect. I'm happy to do it. You guys have a great weekend. Thank you so much. We're getting on the high tower as well. And we're going to help provide the lowdown. (laughs) That's right. There's going to be, just end with an example. there's, uh, I was just talking to Calvin Welch, uh, who's a local political animal here, and he mentioned to me there's some 10 propositions that are going to be on the ballot in November, some of them positive, like for affordable housing. In the midst of all this gentrification that's going on here in San Francisco, we're holding out by the skin of our teeth. But also, of course, some propositions that are not what they seem. In fact, some ways they're opposite of what we've seen, and, uh, there's some, and all of those need to be looked at, and we're going to be looking at it and putting forth uh, putting forth this idea which as Lou said, Lou said, said uh, moving from you know, an ideal way moving from the parasitical the special interests like you mentioned the special interest that group that gets together and writes legislation of lobbyists and uh, the word conservative is totally misused and reactionary one percenters who are writing legislation and getting it passed having uh, done what you said which is uh, read Re, re, the re, rechanging the maps in places like Texas and so on, and uh, so it's up to us. We got a big job ahead, but let's do it and consider. Hey, Laura, consider us the voice, a voice of what's happening, putting forth these ideas, passing it on from the parasitical to the symbiotic, as Lucid said. So check him out, Lucid, and he's doing videos as he crosses the country. He's been doing it for a long time, coming out of the Rainbow Gathering. Uh, he's been at it for years, but that's where I met them, at the Rainbow Gathering, which is a collection of people coming together for a free gathering to drum, dance, and discuss what's going on and where we can take a drum and dancing and discussing. How's that? Drum, drumming, dancing, and discussing about where we go from here. Sounds like a plan. Well, <laughs> we're, it's a plan emerging on the planet. Planning on the planet. That's what we're about and letting it emerge. So I love you, sister, and I'll talk to you next week. Tell Jim that this is a voice of what you're about, and from the high tower to the low down, here we be. That's right. We're here at on the Common Thread Collective here at mutinyradio.fm, broadcasting live every Friday from the Mission District of San Francisco. And I think it's time for a little bit of music. We like to play this song. It's kind of a, a little bit of an unofficial theme song we play here on the show. And I, I love how it, when it's on, it's, you know, from YouTube and it says, you you know, only to be used for, for educational purposes. And, and that's what we're about here, spreading the word and spreading the love from here at Mutiny radio.
That's right. The revolution starts now, right now. That was Steve Earle. Here we are on the Common Thread Collective here in San Francisco, MutinyRadio.fm. Really happy to be here this Friday. It's August 5th, 2016. And Diamond Dave is back from his cross-country summer tour as our far-out, far-flung correspondent as he uh, found his way across the country to the Rainbow Gathering and then down to the DNC for uh, in Philadelphia to feed the people with Food Not Bombs and the Rainbow Family across the street from the convention center in FDR Park, Philadelphia. It was great to talk to Lucid, who called in a little bit earlier during the show, around 3.15, so... Just about an hour ago. Um, and he had a lot to, to say about all that. So if you're just tuning in, um, of course, the podcast for the show will go up just shortly after this show ends. So just a little bit after the six o'clock hour, you'll be able to check back in and uh, to mutinyradio.fm and go to our podcast Fridays 3 to 6 for the Common Thread Collective. But right now, as uh, we keep rolling along here. Let's keep rolling along. Um, I, I'm in the presence of a winner. A winner. A winner of... <laughs> it's our friend Richard Sandrell, and he just recently won um, the Poets 11 uh, District 8 um, honor. Right, so there were... So there were Three finalists? Yeah, each district has three finalists. And then when they read just 33 poems, it'll be read. Because uh, 11 districts, uh, and they have to get everybody in, so we get to read one of our three poems. Okay. Right. So that's a citywide, because San Francisco has 11 districts, so Poets 11 is the every other year contest. Um, so, Richard, congratulations on your win. Richard, well, thank you. I'd love to hear what, what uh, the, the poem, your winning poem, is that possible? Yeah, well, I... I uh, and another, and whatever you want to do, of course. Well, I, have, yeah. I have a couple of new ones, but I'll read the first. I'll read the first three that uh, that I was... Um, if I can pull it up. All right. Oh, are we, are we there? Are we there yet? <laughs> are we there? Are we there yet? All right. First one is going to be Waiting. Now, I think I've read all these at one point, uh, but Waiting was the one uh, that changed my whole style. So um, for those who may not know Aboriginal from Turtle Island or the native people of uh, the northern uh, part of the uh, uh, what we call now Americas, and uh, the hoop is a sacred hoop for some native people. It's the four directions, four colors of humanity, Father Sky, Mother Earth, male, female. People talk of the... Uh the eagle and the condor, mm -hmm. the condor and the eagle, the condor looking backward, and the eagle looking forward, and the, 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 the southern, uh, southern hemisphere is the condor, and northern hemisphere is the eagle, and, and uh, people are they're talking about, we're talking about bringing it all together in a symbiotic way. So it's called waiting. Waiting. We're all waiting, but we're waiting and doing. Take it away, Richard. It was the African who turned me on. It was the aboriginal from Turtle Island that gave me my heart. It was the European that gave me my sorrow. It was the American who tried to keep me ugly. It was the Vietnamese that gave me forgiveness. May I forgive myself. Come back to the hoop. The elders have been waiting. Mm. Really, waiting is, uh, I'm no longer waiting. 
I'd be doing as a, as a, as a man who's reached elder status. I'm for, was that the one that won? <coughs> I'm sorry? Was that the one that won your district? Uh, yeah, uh, there was three of them. This was the first one. Well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. And Take some the time. the other one was called, um, uh, well, Crying Wind. So, Crying Wind. After traveling underground, I rise into the light. I hear the chaos of our lives, but underneath the sound of the drum, the heartbeat of pain, passion, racing. Wow. Escalator pushes me off. I turn and see the drummer. Aged by the street, a sad-eyed native with the blues, chants and drums that drives the dancer. This aboriginal dancer dances from past memory, drowned in alcohol, fueled by fury. This dance is his protection. He bobs, weaves, hands pump, jabs, eyes blacker than the deepest caves. Long, dull black hair blows into his face, sticking to his skin. Divorced from himself as well as his people, he dances among the Americans with their manifest destiny eyes, who only see just another couple of drunken Indians. I know this dancer. He would pick a fight so he could feel something, anything, even if it was filled with hurt. His name was Crying Wind, and this is how he lived. I will truly never know all the things that drove him to this, but I do know this man was robbed. There is a story where one character who complains about all the drunk Indians, the other answers that maybe he ought to be glad they're all drunk. Imagine what would happen if they all got sober. And I, I so long for that day. Well, getting sober. Yes. Getting sober. That's the, uh, the road I'm on from the Lakota called the Red Road. The Red Road is the warrior path. It's the sober path. And uh, when it is accessible, I want to uh, take this moment, like I like to do every day, is, a pray, is to, uh, is to give, uh, give the prayer, say the prayer of the Red Road. This, uh, as I say, the warrior path, the sober path, a road I've been on for 15 years, and I can understand what you're talking about, because there's so many drunk engines, and if they get sober, watch out. And of course, that, uh, that, uh, that uh, the, the, the alcohol is so accessible, the alcohol is so, they so want to see, they'd rather see a drunk engine than a sober engine for sure. Mm. And here's a pair of the Red Road. Great spirit, whose voice I hear in the wind, whose breath gives life to the world. Hear me, I come to you as one of your many children. I'm small and weak, I need your strength and wisdom. May I walk in beauty. It's also, and I say to Kashala, all my relations. Oh. Oh, to Kaiser. And here we are. And saying it, and it's kept me, uh, because so we're on this path, like uh, this, uh, this radio show, which, uh, this show on the internet, this, kind of this uh, Common Thread Collective, which is growing every, every, every week as we embrace, as we encourage, as we have from the, from the parasitical to the symbiotic, as a, as a relationship of our fellow human beings here on the planet, at City in the city, on the planet, and in the street. That's where it be. Hey, Richard, you have a third poem, right? So the third poem uh, is called Dream of Trees. Trees bend with wind to dance in place, strengthen their fiber. They stretch, bend in shapes, malleable, healthy as trees should. They put on their show for those who see, but mostly for each other. 
Most are oblivious to our rooted family. Trees in the city lack individual character, bred for sameness, uniformity, in buildings and people. Individuality always brings problems. Trees in the country, you know the wild ones, have their individuality. These trees, if put somewhere else, are recognizable, but as in their city cousins remained one-footed, grounded. During the night, at dream time, trees twist themselves free of soil. Roots become tiny feet, allowing walk, dance. They travel in dreams to raise the alarm. Tell us that they are too important for slaughter, fiber, paper, houses. We can no longer abuse. As they walk and dance, they drop their seeds to be fertilized to grow new forest around our disk of life. This is our last chance. Trees will continue to hold the soil, take in our carbon, and give you breath, yield fruit, but abused by the two-legged must cease. Fail to listen, and you will remain breathless and wondering why the earth slips away beneath your feet and no longer fruit to be eaten. As I awoke, I am unclear. Was this my dream or the dream of trees? Wow. Three poems together. That's hey, Ellison, yeah. the library lady. Amazing. Here. And you know those three, one... The the, uh, the district eleven the the three the, the eleven districts poetry uh, uh, poetry uh, reunion not a slam but a connection and that was Glen Park and the yes. library is very much involved in all of this yeah. it came out out of uh, Jack Hirschman's uh, uh, time as uh, poet laureate and those three poems are uh, in fact I could just say wowsy yeah That's I like what, that it was kind of about like well they were being like our best selves and i just came across the country on the train in fact i went by all the way to, to all the way to the green mountains of vermont flying back on the train and passing its trees 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 all along yeah. the way you just look out the window trees 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 and i realized i was going from from uh, from, uh, from vermont and the ethan allen express to to philadelphia Outside the, in the among the trees in in FDR Park, and then all the way across the country, from the de deciduous, to, from the coniferous to the deciduous and back again. That's how, how was the health of the trees? What? How was the health of the trees? Well, they looked a lot of them looked totally beautiful, and I saw it. But of course, the train is running through. Yeah. And I think the health, the health uh, depends on what's happening on the planet, and uh, what's happening on the planet. But they, but they'd be growing, they'd be surviving, I think, in the face of all of us. You said it um, so well. Some people who've gone across it, they noticed there were a lot of dead trees out there because of the lack of water in some of the places. Well, I think that's true, too. I think that's true, too. There were dead trees, but uh, some dead trees, but I also noticed the patches of live trees, uh, live trees all across, too. Good, good. And so, I, I, but I like to be an optimist about things and say, let's watch out, let's do more together. And sitting on the train, you begin to realize that this is a good way to travel because you can look out and really see what's happening. Well, there were reasons why uh, when uh, the white man got here that the uh, forests didn't burn like they did because Native people knew how to take care of them. All of and it. we no longer take care of our forests, and so we see the results of that. So. Well, it's time for a... Uh, a reunion, a revival, a resurrection, and a renaissance. In fact, speaking of a resurrection, Saturday is what day, Allison? Library lady? Oh, yes. Um, 
the mission <laughs> district of San Francisco wakes up the first Saturday every two months so th- with Mission Map, Mission Arts and Performance Project. People can find it on Facebook. The list of venues, Keep scrolling. The, the times. Yeah. There's a lot of new venues. The, um, some new highlights would be um, Presida Arts, which has now moved to 24th Street. They've got a theater. She serves food sometimes. And you can see all the beautiful mural artwork. Is that the storefront they've had for so many years? Yes, but now it's on 24th Street, and it's more than a storefront. It's a store, a gallery, and a miniature theater. Wow, I've been there. Uh, it's very large. Um, another, uh, that would be Presida Eyes. Presida um, Another <laughs> new venue was artillery, art, and art, clothing, and more. It's right on Mission near 24th. And don't forget, 24th Street now has many bookstores. Um, they also host events year-round. They often participate in MAP. That would be Adobe, Alley Cat, Modern, Modern, Modern Times. Times, thank you, um, and some of the smaller ones as well. There's um, a lot of the older venues would be Pathos on Harrison, Secret Garden, Cafe de, Cafe La Boheme, and a newer one near Cafe La Boheme, which is Paprika, a um, Southern European restaurant. It's small, but it's cozy. Paprika is that Paprika? They've been, they've been offering uh, music man. during um, Map for quite a while now, a couple of years. So the schedule of Map should be up. Yeah, it's at, um, it's like she said. You check it out on Facebook. It's the or um, the website is Map. SF, so M-A-P-P-S-F dot com. That's the Mission Arts and Performance Project San We're Francisco. We're looking at it now. We are looking at it for now. for the first time, they've had, they have an actual map. I know. They've put the it map. online because usually you have to go and, well, you can still go and pick up a, a paper map. And I think kind of the central place to pick it up is a red poppy art house exactly. at the corner of 23rd and Folsom. But like like she was saying, Adobe Books is having, that's 24th and Folsom. Um, Pathos on Harrison, 2754 Harrison between 23rd and 24th. Secret Gardens on Harrison, same block. Um, La Florida Event Hall on 710 Florida Street on the second floor. And um, Community oh, Music cool. Center on at 544 Cap. So there's a there's tons of stuff going on all around, um, and so it's it's mm-hmm. sometimes things start earlier in the day, well, but it's usually garden. kind of an evening um, affair. That's right. There's often family art, poetry, and music around the neighborhood. Um, there. Floridita is fairly new. Um, also, Community Music Center doesn't always participate. They are looking for new venues. A great way to get involved is go to the Facebook and find out when are the next set of meetings. They meet four or five Mondays before the next event. So the, the Mondays in September will often involve meetings at somebody's house like David Kubrin's or um, one of the venues. So they'll they'll meet for four or five Mondays and then the one after this will be first Saturday in October. 
That's she, our good weather. Was that like uh, something that has been the open mic in front of the library? Is there something like that happening this time? Um, no, there isn't. So we're just going to be supporting it. In October, we will have an event. Oh, um, I think we're showing a movie. And um, which the, has often happened at MAP. At so, the Mission uh, at Branch. At the Mission Branch Library, Library 24th and Bartlett. And um, if I have it together, I can hand out MAP uh, schedules tomorrow at the library. Beautiful. Oh, nice. Beautiful. Um, so come on by. Check up, and you'll be there at the library. Come by the library. Come by the, uh, the come by the red poppy, and pick it up. And it's and it sounds really exciting. Uh, take a look at the uh, Sigrid Garden, our kind of house band. I'm talking about uh, Trey. Uh, Trio Campo. Trio Campo. Um, I don't see them on the on the list for the Secret Garden. Um, but they but Jorge Molina is going to be giving a blessing at the Secret Garden at 6:45 in the evening um i don't see trio trio cambio um they might be out of town this month yeah i I think they must be or they would be because they're definitely part and parcel kind of our house band trio cambio i'd so love to see them but i'm back now well this is wonderful thanks for coming in allison do you have anything else you'd like to add oh i did want to add um poets 11 because the library is one of the big sponsors. Jack Hirschman did organize it. There are two more events, which are um, the Poetry Contest. That will be District 11, Wednesday, August 10th, at Ocean View Meeting Room. People can look it up on the Friends of the San Francisco Public Library website, which is Friends SFPL all one word, dot O-R-G. So that's, again, um, friends, S-F-P-L dot O-R-G. And you can find the schedule. You can also find out about it for next year if you're interested. District 10, too. District 10, Thursday, August 11th. Both of those events are at 630. Uh, District 10 is at Bayview Meeting Room, which might be at Bayview Library, which is 3rd and Revere. And then um, the final event where contestants like Richard and people from every district, they will meet, they will each read three poems for the final prize that will take take place. Oh, yes, three readers, one district. Sunday, September 18th, 1 to 4 p.m. at the Main Library Civic Center at Larkin and Grove, for more information, people can contact the Friends of the Library at 415-626-7500, or they can t- contact one of the sponsors, one of the main sponsors of the event, which is Sarah Rosedale. Uh, she's also from the Friends of the Library, 415-771-1060. What? Well, it's going to be, so uh, Richard, are you one of these three? Uh, yeah, I'm one of them. Who are the other two, do you know? Uh, actually, no, I, I, somebody emailed me who was one of them, and I, I forgot her name already, and the other woman wasn't there that night. 
so she didn't read. So we have. How did she win? She's won. Uh, well, you enter the contest, oh, and then then there's kind of a finalist that happens at the local library in that district, right? And then yeah. the, the, uh, the three the three winners already read their three poems at, at each district, mm-hmm. and then everybody who submitted gets to read their one poem. Oh, and goodness. then, uh, as she said on September 18th, then every winner reads one poem of their three poems oh, because it's going to be 33 poems, so there's only so much time. So, uh, Richard, why don't you invite some of them right here to come in yes. as part of the prize is appearing lives coming alive and being heard on the planet, around the planet, on the common Well, planet. the other great thing is, is I get, it gets published. And I, I'm a paid poet now. I got my first $50 check. Wow. Good for you. Well, no. invite them to come. It's getting published. I may never spend it. <laughs> Get, put it yeah, on your frame wall. it, put it on the wall. <laughs> anyway, so Richard. Uh, well, I, I want to say one thing. Uh, Please say uh, one thing. On uh, Sunday, as everybody knows, uh, there was another portion of uh, uh, the mission that was burnt down suspiciously over there where... Uh, uh, coal, coal uh, hardware was well. There was a bar there. Was it a three thousand club or? Of uh, course, thirty three hundred uh, club. I never made it over there. Oh, I did. And, uh, and well, you know, of course, that burnt down with it. What? So they're gonna, they're gonna, yes, the coal hardware and the thirty three hundred club is gone. Yes, it burnt down. Well, it was gone. It's good. It's was now it gone. Done? No, I, I think it might have done just before harvest. that. No, but I've any, heard but about anyway, it. yes, they're it's, gone. Uh, so uh, it sounds like the club wants to rebuild. So there's going to be a do. fundraiser uh, Sunday at Bird and Beckett Bookstore in uh, Glen Park. Right uh, near the Glen Park BART on yeah. Chinnery Street. Chinnery. It's well, I've read, read there at the 3300 Club. Uh, the daughter of the owner, it's been in the hand. It's, uh, that's uh, that's uh, one of the oldest, as far as I know, one of the oldest clubs around. Well, she, she used had, to... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, right. she, has, she was the one who really embraced poetry and was the one who brought poetry to the 3300 Club. Yeah, I heard she used to make soup and put out bread. And, and soup and bread, that's right. So yeah. when's the fundraiser at so Burden Beckett? So it's going to be at 2 o'clock at Burden Beckett on Sunday. This, this coming, coming Sunday. Sunday? Yes, yes, this coming well, Sunday. Well, let's go and we can invite, we'll invite so, uh, people to come here. If you got a $10 spot, you can uh, spare dump it in because we need to help bring him back. Well, for sure. I mean, so that is, I can read there. <laughs> this is a, this is an outrage to me. The co hardware, one of the most accessible, in fact, a cooperative. Yeah. Uh, not just a, a single owner, but part of the new farm. Co hardware is a cooperative. Is that right? Co hardware. I think so. Yeah. And uh, and of course the 3300 club, and old state being gone now. I'll be there Sunday. Okay, good. And I want to invite everybody, everybody with a sound of voice to come. It's time to make a stand, to make a sit, to come together in support of our sister. And uh, because it's a support of the 300 Club, gone, Coal Harbor, gone. What a shock. No, if I, if I, I was still here, I would have known about it. Okay. This is the first uh, I heard about it. Sorry to break I was the traveling. news. Did you know about that, Val? Um, I knew that there have been some fires. I didn't know that that specifically, no. Well, specifically, this is a specific special spot. And, and that's one of the, that is the second very large fire that has knocked out many businesses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most terrible ones was earlier, 22nd. well, in the past year, 22nd in Mission, where over 10 businesses, one they tried died. to buy the building. It was sold and torn down. It's an empty lot now. For now. But I believe that condo, which uh, which is called, uh, ironically, it's called Vita Life, and yet uh, 
yet I, I rest my case. And, and I believe that, that we're going to see that condo moving all the way over to natural. That wasn't touched by the fire, <laughs> but now it's an empty, empty space. We'll move over, all the way over to uh, 22nd Street, and that'll be the beginning of the end of the Revolution Cafe, a place where we also, which is like my living room in many ways, which is a place people can hang out, a place where, where music is uh, played every night, a place where, I mean, it is, I don't know what uh, anything like the Revolution Cafe, yet watch and see, I believe it's in danger as that condo, uh, that condo called Viva Vida Life will move towards that corner, watch and see. And as far as these fires, they're never really explained. Well, there's, there's, there's one over on Valencia Street there, when you stand on Valencia and... Uh, 24th, if you look uh, to the west, there's a back area of an apartment building and it's all been blackened. I never heard about it burning. I just looked over That's and right. saw that it had been burned out. That was right at 24th and San Jose, just a block and a half from the library. We saw smoke that night when we yeah, were at work. Yeah, 24th and. Uh, it was some houses, another unexplained fire. Um, there's been 10 or 15 just within, like, between 16th and 24th um, in the past two years. And there's supposed to be arson investigations. Supposed to be. There's a whole lot, but yet it's, uh, there's no transparency. Do they have, yet they do they have, have to, to stand up and give us any explanation of what happened? Do they have to do an arson explanation or an arson investigation if, they, if, if, they it's, why, if it's yeah. already, um, you know, I mean, a lot of them they claim as to be like electrical fires, and a lot of these buildings are pretty old too. So, I mean, I don't. I'm I, I'm well, putting the question made, out there. If anybody it has out there to be knows, made public, I think, or can, should well, be I never hear it. There should be. There should be some. Yeah, the devil they say is in the detail. Also, the angel is the detail. You're right. The buildings are very old. Yet, uh, yet they're right. There could be electrical things, but it's uh, it seems to be way too convenient to me for the powers of gentrification. Because uh, you know and I know, what's, uh, I've got a pretty good guess of what's going to go in there, and it's and and it's not uh, it's not going to benefit the community. It'll be benefiting someone else as this gentrification goes on. Well, you remember the Gartland. Remember the Gartland, the Gartland fire? I do. Yeah. And I remember doing poetry there in the Gartland pit that was there for years. Yeah. And, uh, and how many people died there? Wasn't it six? Something like that. Yeah, our friend. Uh, uh, in, in fact, yeah, the Garland was another one that was never explained, except that uh, I believe they did say that it was arson of some sort. They did have to say that, but that's a while ago before a lot of people's memories. But here we are in the year now. It also be interesting to find out who owns these buildings. It would well, be. a lot of them are very, very old. Um, the library can actually help people do that. Uh, if you're over at the history room, you can look at the block divisions and the list of owners for each building where we are 24th and Bartlett our neighbor told us her building went up in the 1880s mm. the library itself went up in 1915 our building thankfully is not all wood it's stone on the outside most of the buildings in that area are wood um, many of them survived the 1906 quake and so they just um, refurbish over the years but they are mostly wood the other thing i want to mention as we all know is that um, free nonprofit community spaces are 
some of the big losers of 22nd and Mission. Those were um, publicly funded small businesses through um, enterprise funders like La Cocina for Women or um, the Mission Economic Development Agency, MEDA, things like that. So they really did have serious funding to help buy the building. They were going to group together and maybe even through the Community Land Trust. Mm -hmm. So gentrification is pushing out um, not just very important community agencies like poets, artists, all the the groups that work. Um, Mutiny Radio is still here, but um, the the groups like um, poets in the schools. I feel like they've had to move around. Um, Meda has had to move many times. I feel like in the past twenty years, but also the um, the funders, the small businesses, that without us, without them, the city wouldn't be the city. It'll just be chain stores. Small business owners are kind of the backbone of the Mission neighborhood because so many of them have been here for a long time. They're family owned, like Cafe La Boheme. Um, I just want to mention, too, that poets are some of the people that have helped people through these fires. And on that note, um, the library is sponsoring um, open mic poetry still at Park Branch Library and every Tuesday starting in September at North Beach Library. Oh, beautiful. Um, Poets from all over the city. The library is one of the last free spaces to do that. Where you don't even uh, have to buy anything, Loren- just like Mutiny Radio. <laughs> Lorena Bakery as well, uh, uh, Pandaria that uh, uh, holds uh, on the second Tuesday of every month uh, poetry. Um, so that's another uh, uh, little venue to go to, and it helps mm-hmm. them too. You know, it's uh, I love that little redo. I hear they're looking for a larger place. I do hope it continues there because it's small, very intimate. Uh, and it's just a nice little cozy place to read poetry. And, and where I'm, is I'm that really again? happy it's that the guy from Lorena, he's, he's family-owned. I think they own the building. So they've been here for a long time. And where is that again? Lorena Bakery. They're right two doors down from uh, Adobe Books. It's oh, called Pan Dulce um, Poetry I know it. Series. I yeah. know it. Nice. So, you know, uh, yeah, I know just a little know. side note. Uh, I was uh, with this when I was a figure where I had a high profile. Let me put it that way. And I hate and uh, and Doris, the librarian there. This when the French library had my my money, and the Doris said to me one day when I came in, Diamond Dave, how do you like to? Maybe I brought it to her and open mic. Uh, at the, uh, here at the Park Branch Library in the community room, and she said, I can get you a stipend. Talking about $50, I got a stipend too. This is the first time I got paid for hosting an open mic, and I called it on the page and off the page. And while I was still on that page, I did that for years. And then I came here to Mutiny Radio and moved it here. And now Richard and Richard and Cat Ivanhoe now do that reading, and they still call it on the page and off the page. But I don't think they bring food. But I, I think the Fencer Library no longer uh, do it because this comes a t- from a time in which the Fencer Library actually had funds that they could share with people to do what they did. Well, look, you too. Uh, there's a lot. They've talked about a lot, 
and uh, we got a lot to do as the voice of all of this. Hey, Val. We yeah. are certainly right in the right in the mix here at Mutiny Radio, yeah. right here in the Mission District. So and, and be able to have the free speech needed to uh, have a place where we have absolute free speech, where yeah. whatever bureaucracy it is kind of steps aside and let us do what we need to do as a Common Thread Collective every Friday, 3 to 6. Uh, three hours to fill up with interesting, important, well, and, and symbiotic stuff. I, I've been on a terror lately of uh, trying to get uh, the poetry reads mixing it up more. Uh, Sacred Grounds is pretty much a boomer read, although there are young people who do, do come in, and we were graced with Valerie to coming out. Oh, I heard about uh, that. Her and, uh, and uh, you know, bringing out more, more people. Uh, but I go down to the uh, mission. I go to their reads, and I'm fortunate enough of being allowed to read. And I love the mix. Uh, that's why I came to the city. I think that was one of the reasons you came to the city, is, is the mix. And I, if I wanted to stay around white people, I would have stayed in Ohio. Uh, but I like the mix. I love people of color. I like our differences. I li that's what our beauty is. That's where our strength lies. And I uh, want to go to poetry reads where I'm able to hear stories from the mission. Uh, and I hope that they enjoy stories that I come with from stories from Ohio and other places uh, in this in this country. And the mix, uh, one of the places that I love the mix the most is down at the Cafe International. It really, at this point, really has the mix. It has young, has old, it has old school poets, new school poets, uh, hip hop, uh, rock, folk, everything you can think of and more than I haven't even come across. Um, so that's another great read, and, and to go to these different reads and to see all the different people with all their different stories is how we grow. Yo. And I want to hear those stories. When I hear stories of what people go through or the beauty and the joy of the mission, I want to hear it because I love the mission, and I want to hear those great stories. Well, I can take so. it back. I take it back to 1957 yeah, when I came into Georgia, that yet unnamed generation, and it became the Beat Generation. And soon I was bike messenger by. I've done this before, but I'm gonna say it again. You've heard it, Val. Bike messenger by day, beatnik by day and night. It was 1957, and I was in seventh heaven, a non-linear dart on the urban checkerboard. And that's what we're about. And here's Tyler. Hey, Tyler. Hey, Tyler. Scott. Our, our, uh, our uh, intern here, and a member of this collective, and a person of color, and a fellow human being, and all of that and more. Hey, Tyler, what do you have? What, what do you want to bring to the mix? Today? Is it staff? Uh, staff. Uh, staff. What's that the staff of? Staff? Yeah, oh, sure. uh, that's my day job. Remember What's I that? told you I was when you asked me what I've been doing and I've been a part of the system. The system. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Bike, yeah, bike, stuff. bike rentals. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. out there at uh, at the end of hate where the park begins. Um, yeah, there is one right there. Um, that's like we own that, I guess. But <laughs> so this is uh, anyway. So this is some uh, private company that's taking bike messengers, uh, bikes, renting bikes, and it connects to the parks. So is that what you what yeah. you do? No, uh, yeah, I usually work in the wharf, but I've worked at Golden Gate Park Ferry Building before. At the end of hate where the park yeah. begins. Yeah, you'll catch that's me. That's where we used to do food not bombs. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, well, well, Tyler, so good to see you. So good, good to see you so, too, so good to uh, have you part of the mix and a member of this collective. So, what do you uh, do? You have something you want to bring to the plate uh, today? Um, sure. Uh, I was gonna. I actually performed this one on here like maybe two weeks ago. I was gone. I yeah, you were gone. I wrote it while you were gone. Didn't uh, you hear our shows? No, no, I didn't hear the show. He was a busy <laughs> man. I, I, we, I can't even knock him for, for not hearing, you know. I, I would have probably missed a couple of weeks, too. <laughs> anyway, we're off the grid. But take it away, guy. I want to hear what you, what I missed. Uh, here you go. Take it away, brother. Okay. It's called It Happened Again. It happened again. So I'm rapping again Another black man's gone And nothing's happening yet Enlighten me Who are we to call When our back's against the wall Baton beneath our jaw Walking taller be a fall Cause it seems that being black Is the fastest death sentence 354 a gram of that top shelf melanin But if you're selling some CDs Well that's a one way road to heaven You see these cops are malevolent Type of shit that the devil sent Stomp a nigga till he's bloody Laugh about it in text then sent To them I'm less than peasant So with them I'm less than pleasant Lack of trust is ever present And so when I'm checking on my brethren After we are splitting ways Because you never really know If today is your last day Or my day Or your day Or her day Or his Shit Dying of oppression's literally as good as it gets And I'm a double minority Black American Chicano Which makes me four times more likely To be dead them mowing lawns, yo. So where the fuck is Lil Uzi Vert at? Someone call up Young Thug. Lil Yachty ain't gonna talk about it. Shit, he's busy being the plug. Make a dollar off your ignorance and you idiots show him love. Putting paper in their pocket. And you still ain't getting a hug. Fuck. Heart is heavy. I'm scared but always ready I got a mask inside my backpack Cause I'm past the point of petty Never packed a Glock or Magnum But I bet my aim is steady And when protection turns oppressor I'm hunting game like Serengeti So let's call it like it is Cause they murdered that man Less than 12 hours later Shit, they fucking do it again Right in front of his fam No remorse on the cam Just another trending topic To the media says drop it Flips the fucking script Proceeds to paint the victim toxic Then the judge will drop the charges And the cops are walking scarless And the family of the victims Are the real victims of all this And the world keeps on ticking Till that one fateful night when you're out with all your homies and you see them flashing blue lights and a figure screams behind you, you better show me your fucking hands. Pull your hands out of your pocket and then it's happening again. Thank you. Tyler, you saw the sergeant who murdered that young kid, young fat brother in Sonoma has just been appointed to sergeant. Yeah. They lay low for a while. Now he's appointed sergeant. And then in Chicago, just a couple of days ago, there's a young man driving down the street in a, uh, in a, what? Here's a black man, young black man driving down the street in a Jaguar convertible. 
and the cops said there's something suspicious about this. Let's stop this kid. I think it's a stolen car. What's he doing with a Jaguar convertible? He's riding, having the time of his life, and he ends up dead, shot in the back. Now they've they just released the video. It turns out for some reason the cop who actually shot him four times in the back, his his uh, they were wearing uh, uh, lap cameras, lap video cameras, but his wasn't working, so they didn't get the actual incident. But they have him lying dead, shot four dead next to the uh, the next to the Jaguar convertible that he was driving in, and that turned out to be a, a death sentence because no black man, no black kid is supposed to be riding in a Jaguar convertible. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be enough to get you killed, I think. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Miles a, used to get stopped too. Remember? Miles Davis. Yeah. Well, he, he was down in Mon- he used to live down there. Uh, uh, where all the East Richmond's St. Louis, no? Uh, yeah, but when he was lived in California, down in Malibu, and he was driving his cars, which were fancy cars, they always stopped him, always harassed the shit out of him. Well, this is a young black man from the ghetto. He, they said he has no business driving yeah, and looking so happy. He was happy until he was dead in a Jaguar convertible. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear that story. But dead, dead, dead. No, the video was just released today. Yeah. They thought they'd better do. Well, amazing. Who's got there with the guitar? Oh, that's that's Mark. He he wandered in a couple of weeks ago uh, and w- and wondered what was going on here. And we told him there's a show, so uh, he's been hanging out. And uh, he's he's up there. I see he's got his guitar and things, and he's ready to play. Yeah, well, he's definitely got the look of a man who's been around. This is not some kid playing the guitar. This is a seasoned veteran of life. Is that right, Mark? Uh, sure. Why not? Uh, and here's a song about a lady in a hat. Let's hear it, Mark. See God a brand new leopard skin pillbox hat. I see God a brand new leopard skin pillbox hat. You must tell me, baby, how your head feels under something like that. Your brand new leopard skin pillbox hat. Well, you look so pretty in it. You must let me come jump on it sometime. I just want to see if it's really that expensive kind. You know it balances on your head just like a mattress balances on a bottle of wine. Your brand new leopard skin pillbox hat. I wish you could watch the sunrise, baby. I know where. Yeah, we'll go watch the sun come up and we'll both just sit still. Me with my belt wrapped around my head and you just sitting there your brand new leopard skin pillbox hat
skin pillbox hat. Oh, hey, man. I believe. I believe that's an early Bob Dylan song. I'm that not- is an early Bob Dylan song. You are correct, sir. I slaughtered a Bob Dylan song last time I was in here, so uh, I thought I'd make that up to him. Well, you don't and slaughter it. You make it you your know own. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and play that other Bob Dylan song again because I got better at it. So oh, let's hear it. Let's give us an A or B selection for sure. Excuse me, I'm starting again. Fuck, that's out of tune. Hang on. Close enough. You got a lot of nerve. Say that you're my friend. Ah, fuck. I fucked it, fucked it up again. Here, let's do it on the song. Ready? One, two, three. I must never be able to do that song. What was I going to do? Uh, here's a song that uh, comes into my head sometimes when I'm trying to get people to give me money and they don't. And I play this song. Strict nine someday It'll make you jump It'll make you shout It'll It'll even Knock you out Try strict nine Brought to you by strict nine Thank you <laughs> Thanks Mark I'm glad you've made it back So So you So you did switch gears At the end there And played a different song I did Cause I started it On an A When I was supposed to start In a G Better and you than me, my friend. I I I mm. I lack the musical skills. Well, I'm, I I I don't know why I'm nervous in front of this microphone because I can play <laughs> a lot better anywhere else. Um, here's a song got, I haven't practiced. <laughs> Want to hear it? Sure. Okay, why not? Sure. Why not? You guys might like the song. It's kind of uh, your alley, I think. It's a Woody Guthrie song. And it goes like this. Out of tune. I 
and someone else do something. Fuck. I can't sing it now, can Yeah, someone else do something. I can't do this. sound in his engine so he pulls off the freeway and uh, finds a mechanic and uh, so yeah being a penguin he says uh, I'll let you guys finish that joke yourself well I'll tell you what Mark if you want to if you want to Tune that up. I'll, I'm gonna play a little music here, and then we'll we'll regroup. Does that sound all right? All right, I'm in. I'll just do one last song. You I'm ready done. to go? Yeah, sure. What the fuck? All right. It's still on tune. Trying to make your mark in society Yeah, you're using all those tricks that you used on me Reading all them high fashion magazines That clothes you're wearing, girl, they're causing public scenes I'm not your stepping stone I, 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 I'm not your stepping stone Not your stepping stone not your stepping stone When I first met you, girl, you didn't have no shoes Now you're walking around like your front page news You've been awful careful about the friends you choose You won't find my name in your book who's who Cause I'm not your Stepping stone, I, 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 I'm not your stepping stone. I'm not your stepping stone. I'm not your stepping stone. Not your stepping stone. Right on, Mark. Glad you came back, and I look forward to uh, seeing you back here. Yeah, uh, next time I'm going to own a tuner. All I right. Swear to God. <laughs> Man, it'll ruin the whole act. All right, well, it's lovely to see you all again, and uh, I was uh, going to try and do All You Fascists Bound to Lose was the one I was thinking, I would, but I will do that next time. All right. I will be better That's cool. Right on, right on. Well, thanks, Mark. So I want to play a little music in here, and we're going to set ourselves up for the next segment. Um, I want to play some Nako and Medicine for the People. It's called Make a Change. Hey, do you remember, just, uh, just a couple words. Do you remember, hey, back then, 
and this van was outside, and I walked in, and the van opened. And I said, what's the music van? And all these people tumbled out. And the guy said, I said, well, who are your people? He said, I'm Knuckle, and uh, we're uh, medicine for the people, and we're, we're just beginning our uh, mainland tour. We're from the big island. I need a change, it's evident Our transformation imminent A chance for my soul's intelligent To redefine line of indifference I bypass the spirit with that well scratch pad I was looking at my poetry for the reasons I had Never stopped and let someone else take the wheel Now I'm in the backseat like what the fuck is real Got to bury the hatchet, bones no casket The dead don't dance to a liar's message So restless, cross it off my checklist Poetic warfare, a bear with horse hair He's reckless, acts like he's got a death Wish to a yogurt, chicken the trickster, laws of nature, loyal creatures, son of the most high, willing to wage my plan, and I'm gonna stick to it, I'm gonna ultimately liberate my consciousness, I want to change, I will make a change, if I make it out. Wanna pass a fist to a pacifist I keep hitting my neck, wishing to the face in it So I'm facing it, some gladiator shit Yeah, I'm ripping up a rhythm, think I'm heating it But it's non-stop knocks from the mountaintops To the city block, to the tank stop and block Another brother got shot dead on the sidewalk Where your cops do it inside jobs I'm shit So my hands stretched out to the sky Got some arms in my left and a gun in my right My eyes are crossed over all the blue pack Cause I know I didn't come to make it out alive And I drive in the midst of a
That was Nako and Medicine for the People Make a Change featuring Zella Day. Um, that was a pretty powerful video, too. You guys should check it out on YouTube. I see Dave is holding the microphone out there. That kind of worries me a little bit, Dave. I'd rather if you have it on the mic stand. It'd be better if you did. And then just uh, bring it up to your, to your speaking level. Um, it's just a little bit more dependable that way. Here we be. And there's Blithar with the symbols. This is so glad to be back, Paul. Chimes. And I got uh, and I got Tibetan chimes next to me, and there's a blood flower. And this is my glad to be back. Uh, some of you may have heard it, but it's uh, we're going to try. We're going to not only try, we're going to do it. I'm doing it uh, simultaneously, uh, right here, Tibetan style. Hey, j hey, uh, blood flower. Here we go. It's called just by chance. Just by chance. Not uh, too likely. Just because the reason is now unclear doesn't mean we won't know one day if we hang on hang in follow follow the stream right down to the sea look up and see the stars and eight people really see the sky undeterred that means not stopped by conventional thinking, short-sighters, deaf and blind of the spirit, naysayers, killjoys, wall builders, door slammers, vision slayers, doomsayers, scribes and Pharisees of science, theological engineers, lords of this system of things, a new morning. Spring sap flows, fingertips touch, eyes glow. In the night to live and dead, the poets remain alive. Walking down that tight wire, looking out for one another, just strolling down that moonlit path, that good red road. Dreamweavers, spirit menders, healing the pain, soothing the silent screams, warriors of the rainbow just singing a freedom song. Nice. It's about this. It's about it being darkest just before the dawn. But when and where? You least expect it, help will come along. Like green shoots thrusting through the damp, dark earth. Love will spring anew. Life will spring anew. Just breaking through the ice. Life will spring anew. Love will spring anew. Just breaking through the ice. 
That's it. Love for saying, learn to love, love to learn, this never ends. Saying, love will get you everywhere, and hate will get you nowhere. Take that, Donald Trump. Hell yeah. And we'd be up for it, we'd be down for it, we'd be still around for it, we'd still be going for it. We'd be the Common Thread Collective that's cast that wide net, find that common thread, let life flourish. Power to the peaceful. Power to the people, power for the peaceful. Here we are, badass and peaceful. Not taking any shit, but at the same time, dancing free. I said, what's come to me, hey Val, come to see what we're about. This came to me while I was on the train. No, it came to me while I was still there in front of the, front of, no, maybe it came to me, I think in front of the, it came to me, what am I, what are we about, where, what am I on? This be a zigzag journey and a spiral dance. A zigzag journey and a spiral dance. You know, uh, uh, here we are, so hey Val, here we are. So good to be back. So good to be back with uh, back with you and I and Kyle and Tyler and Richard and all the folks that are here to keep on doing it. Keep on doing it. Be a voice of the people, rising up, symbiotically speaking. This be a symbiotic relationship right here. Hey Val, take it away. Sure. Um, well, I, I see that Howard walked in, and I don't know if he's ready to. Uh Give us an announcement. He's got an announcement to make. Oh, oh something else? A short, short story. A short story. All right. If we could get a little closer to that microphone, and we'll love to hear it. Mm-hmm. A Tale of Two Kitties, or <laughs> How the King Became Elvis. The following is a true story. The names of the cats are real, but the names of the people and places have been changed to protect the guilty. Elvis was a Persian cat who roamed around the home of Leo Morales on Regent Street in Berkeley, California. The King was a Persian cat who roamed around the home of Jack Daw on Regent Street in San Francisco. Leo was a tall, hefty former bike messenger who was now a computer technician known for his short temper, ironclad dependability, and love of cats. Each day he would fill three bowls of cat food and put them outside his back door, which would attract Elvis and two other neighborhood felines. Jack was a former bike messenger who was now a pest control technician, known for his slightly longer temper, tall, slightly less hefty stature, hardwood but not quite ironclad dependability, and gruff tolerance of cats. He believed that cats were better than rats, and since the king had shown up, rodents had become extinct in the neighborhood. So each day, he would fill a bowl of cat food and put it outside his back door, which would attract the king and other neighborhood felines. His next-door neighbors, a mother and her five-year-old daughter, also put cat, cat food out for the cats. Leo and Jack would often meet after work on Friday evenings to quaff defenseless beers. In their combined lifetimes, the two of them had probably put at least a dozen Brewers children through college. One Friday evening, they were at a bar in the Tender Knob, 
helping to finance the college education of a 13th brewer's offspring. My neighbor and I are trying to figure out what to name our neighborhood cat, Dawes said with the tone he used whenever their conversation focused on such topics as war or chemotherapy. Morales sipped his pale ale thoughtfully before speaking. How about Elvis, he asked. Needed a lot of time to think about that one, didn't you? Dawd deadpanned. Could do worse, Morales replied, shrugging his shoulders. I've been thinking about Sherry Bog, said Daw. Sherry Bog? What the hell is that? It's Persian and he's Persian. It means lion of the garden. What do your neighbors think? Morales Morales asked, hoping that uh, these people who he had never met would save the cat from a face fate uh, from a lifetime of total embarrassment. Well, Antonio Antonia hasn't committed one way or the other, but her daughter, little Lupe, doesn't like Sherry Bog because she says it sounds like a girl's name and he's a boy cat. Any other ideas? Shai Bog means lion of the gar- means king of the garden. But Lupe doesn't like that either, although she can't say why. How about something in Spanish, like Leon? That might work, even though he's Persian. Sincerely troubled that there was a brewer somewhere in the world who needed to send money to his kid in college, they ordered another round. And they changed the subject, somehow moving on to immortality. I don't care what anybody says, Morales said emphatically. When you're dead, you're dead. No afterlife, no immortal soul, no heaven, no hell, nothing. How is it that you're an agnostic when it comes to the question of God? Because you can't prove a negative. So how can you prove that immortality does not exist? Because your soul, or whatever it is, is contained within your physical body during your physical life on this physical plane called Earth. When your body's gone, you're gone. Yeah, maybe you're gone on to another place. No. A few days later, Daw sent Morales an email. Two days passed without an answer. On Thursday morning, Daw called Morales and got his voicemail. Hey, Leo, this is Jack. Call or email me sometime when you can. It wasn't like Leo to be out of touch for more than a day. That night, Daw's phone rang. Jack, this is Fred. Hi, Fred. Daw suspected something somber in Fred's tone of voice. I got some bad news about Leo. Yeah, go ahead. Yesterday morning, he collapsed outside the pet food store. An ambulance was nearby, but he didn't make it. He died at the hospital. Daw was silent. Jack, are you there? Yeah, yeah. I emailed him a couple days ago and got no reply. It wasn't like him to not respond. Sorry to be the one to tell you. Well, somebody had to. What was the cause? Looks like a stroke. What is it about us ex-bike messengers and strokes, Daw wondered. He thanked Fred and promised to call a few mutual friends, then hung up. Leo's body was sent back home to New Mexico for burial. Daw attended a memorial service in Berkeley with Fred and about two dozen friends. Forty days after Leo's death, Daw was leaving his home for work when he saw Antonia and her daughter. 
Hi, Jack, Lupe chirped. Guess what? Hickory nut, Daw replied. No. What? I've got the perfect name for our cat. What? Elvis. What made you think of Elvis? Somebody just told me. Antonia took Lupe's hands, rolled her eyes as if to say, kids in their imaginations. Say goodbye to, say goodbye to Jack, Lupe. <laughs> what a sweet, a sad but sweet tale of two kitties. My goodness. <laughs> we have James. Thanks, Howard. James has left, has he? Has James been around? James, and his, uh, he'd finished his novel. James Conrad did finish his novel, and much as I suspected, he did um, disappear into a cloud of blue smoke afterwards, and we haven't seen him since. Well, hey, man, Howard. He, he was doing chapters of short stories, uh, chapters which themselves were kind of short stories. If you'd like to continue, by all means. Yeah, and honestly, earlier when you came in at the beginning and you had to run for a little bit and you said, I've got a, a tale of two kitties, I was kind of secretly hoping that there were some cats that needed a home and maybe you're going to try to convince somebody to, to come and help them out. I can't have a cat, and that kind of makes me sad. But um, oh, I, I, like, I, I do like to think about it sometimes. Well, you know my cat, uh, Osarius? Oh, no, I don't know. Yeah, you. I was gone for uh, two months, and I came to the door... I came to open up the door to back up to two months of travel, and who comes running to the door? What? The cat says, the cat says, what? You're back? I thought you were gone for good. There was Osarius. And when I come back to the, my place there at the flower shop, he doesn't leave my side. I thought when I, was, when I left today, it was my first time gone, that he was going to try to stop and try to stand in the door and keep me from coming. Looking at me, meow, meow, are you coming back? Are you gone again? But anyway, that's my cat, Osarius, right here. Uh, well, I think about James, he's probably writing. He's got a book. He's got a book. He's got to be writing. Oh, James Conrad. So I think he's, yeah, he's probably writing. He's a dedicated writer. He'll be back. He'll be back. We uh, know, so we'll see what happens back. with with him. Well, meanwhile, um, here it's been a, another amazing show. I think it has been. It has been. It's been a really nice day. Welcome back, Dave. And it's good to see you. And thanks everybody for coming through. I'm glad Tyler's around. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next Friday, of course. And uh, I'll be posting all the people who participate in today's show be posting that on our facebook page the common thread collective and um yeah next next weekend is jerry day actually this weekend is uh, the outside lands festival happening out in golden gate park it's sold out it's overpriced but hey it's always a good excuse to go and hang out in the park and and you can still hear some music and i think it's more fun on the outside personally so um go enjoy your weekend and and uh stay safe and uh oh you got one other thing howard a uh, real quick announcement uh at Stern Grove, uh, Sunday yeah. at 2 p.m. Uh, for all uh, patriotic Ohioans, uh, our native sons, the OJs, will be performing for free. Oh, oh cool. Stern Grove the Festival. The OJs. Nice. They sing Backstabber, right? Backstabbers, <laughs> Love Train. Love Train. Survival. <laughs> awesome yeah so go out and hear some free music this weekend and also next weekend of course there'll be um free music at mclaren park at the jerry garcia amphitheater for jerry day uh that's next sunday the 14th so let's uh take our show out and thanks for listening i'm global val and you're awesome peace and thank you everybody
Thank you, Val. Thank you, everybody. So good to be back. It's like a dream come true.
Mutiny Radio is experiencing technical difficulties. Waiting for that iTunes. There it goes. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Thank you. 
Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> yeah. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission Hive vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds.
awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, and my offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini and creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! What could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience? Puppets, kittens, unicorns, porn maybe? Oh, well, stage time makes them happy and this super happy comedy open mic is open every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. But you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Mutiny Radio FM Index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org. So come live or listen later or 
to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah! I got it. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the joke 